Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We're joined with our guest producer, JJ. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. We found ourselves in a bit of a 2023 pickle, fellow conspiracy realist. Uh, we only do two-part episodes when uh, they're very important to us and when the rabbit hole goes ever deeper. Uh, so partway through our previous recording, we got to what about an hour something and hour forty six ish. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 said I we don't know if we can just make a podcast that goes for two hours. I mean, we could. It's just I mean, but yeah, would that people be fair do it all to the people? Time. Well, it depends on. I think would it be fair to us? <laughs> <laughs> it's the holidays, boys. Um, so we did the ever rarer, even retroactive two parter, where we made it all the way through and then made the call that hey, this should be chunked up, and I think. I think you'll you'll be all the better for it too, mm. fair listener. Well said. So we are going to dive right back in. The important things you need to know. Number one, please listen to part one of this episode, Who Killed the Shermans? We guarantee it'll be worth your time. Otherwise, we are going to sound like complete lunatics if you just roll <laughs> just into part two. Won't understand. We, we did the groundwork, okay? So a brief recap. Here are the facts. Barry and Honey Sherman, Canadian billionaires, brutally murdered in December of 2017. That is just the beginning of the story. Here's where it gets crazy. We keep going back to, speaking of haunting questions, we keep going back to this. If this is a professional operation, 
someone is doing this as a job, right? Why take the time? It just doesn't make sense. Why take the time to pose the bodies unless it was a specific thing? And for that kind of thing to be part of the job, it would have to be a deal breaker caveat, by which I mean, it's not an optional part. It's not an optional like side quest thing. It's like you do not get paid unless I see this picture. Gosh, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. That's what it has to be, right? It has to be some kind of professional operator, but we we don't know who. And this is where we get to theories, right? And we've only touched a few of the questions, right? Uh, and those questions remain unanswered in public today. But when we talk about the theories, this is where things um, become very interesting and very troubling. And spoiler alert, folks, very unsatisfying. First things first, business rivals, uh, Noel and Matt and JJ uh, and I are, are very happy to say that we have never had a podcast rivalry that got to the point where <laughs> where we thought blood would be drawn. Uh, most, most in our experience, most of the folks we work with, most of our colleagues are are very nice people, and they're nice to us as well. You can't say the same about the pharmaceutical industry. Whether well, they're they're nice people. <laughs> that, I mean, that they all like each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of them do. Um, but well, at least on them, depending on what side you're on, right? But uh, when it comes to rivalries, this stuff is bleeding edge type rivalry stuff, like industrial espionage type stuff. You know, um, just to be the first to market with a drug or with a generic. You know, that isn't that that's a even bigger weird one with the generics. Yeah. Like, you're the uh, you're the um, undercutters. Uh, pizza. Ooh. Does anybody remember that? Tom Green. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> yes. Undercutters Pizza. All right. I just. Up. I'm so so surprised <laughs> to run into Tom today. That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, you, you're raising great points. So, um, little insight into part of the the great amount of litigation that Barry Sherman would get into, or Apotex would get into. Uh, apparently, it was his practice to release a generic drug like a year or two before the patent expired, right? And then, of course, you know, it's almost automated that the brand name drug manufacturer is going to take you to court. But by the time stuff gets settled, if you have the capital to go back and forth with the appeals, the patent has expired. What you're doing is forcing uh, your opponent to bleed blood and treasure, you know? It's not nice, but it's it's smart. Yeah. And so the question when we hear the theories, business rivals, could a rival company or just someone burned in one of uh, Sherman's many other side investments and businesses, could they have been so wronged and so angry that they took on the great personal risk of hiring a hitman? You know, most like most of those kind of civilian powered hit jobs they go wrong at step one. Read about read about uh, a lot like a lot of uh, attempted murders or attempted put out a hit on so and sos, and you'll see that a ton of them. I don't know if it's like I don't know the statistic, but a ton of them get caught just by the act of trying to hire someone. These are these are not the days of of weird, creepy classified ads in the back of Soldier of Fortune. 
there are five eyes and they're watching you, you know? Yeah. Back page got taken down, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. So, but yo, it makes sense like that. I think that's high on the list and it should be high on the list of a potential thing so. like that. Even the potential of not a professional hit, but someone that was wronged so badly that they got ruined to the point where all they wanted was revenge. So that individual ended up being the person who committed the double homicide. I think that is a possibility that you can't discount. So then we're saying that they carried this off a pretty sophisticated operation. They got away on their first time out. <laughs> okay, you're right. That, no, that I'm does, just asking. That, no, no, you're right. It that is a happen. little. That eh, is a little. Probably, probably not possible. Their search history must be bananas. <laughs> you know all the stuff they're checking, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Weirder than even ours. Yeah, which is saying so. Well. It's more close. specific. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> it's, more, it's more specific. It's like it's like typical police beats Toronto. Uh, so this, I mean, it, it's true that we're we, we're rightly incredulous. But we're trying to evaluate everything, and that is a possibility. Um, and you know, Noel, I love that you pointed out like the generic drug makers in this ecosystem. If if this was a David Attenborough documentary, it would be like. Generic drug makers, the natural enemy of the name brands. So the deal is sometimes like folks will try really hard not to allow a drug to become generic. And that's the really up part. You want them to become generic because then they become more affordable. But it's still massive moneymaker and opportunistic. Right. That, I mean, that's it, it gets in personal opinion. But, yeah, I think we and, and most people could agree with that unless unless you made the name brand drug or you were an investor in Pfizer. Well, yeah. And if you take a look at Apotex's website and you look at their list of generic drugs that they offer, you guys, it's everything under the sun. It's just every possible name brand drug that exists. uh, You will see it. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people who cannot afford to pay the name brand premium, this stuff can be a lifesaver, especially in other countries. You know, we uh, like India has passed some laws uh, fighting against name brand pharmaceutical patents because from their perspective, obeying those laws is putting quarterly profits over human lives. And that's a very valid argument, right? So, yes, there's a lot of money. Is it enough money to entice someone or compel someone to make this hit because someone's clearly trying to send a message again, back to the statues, right? So here's why more skeptical folks might say the argument doesn't have a lot of sand. All these companies, whatever kinds of wars and rivalries they have with each other, they have really clearly defined battlefields, court systems, stock markets, boardrooms, stuff like that. They will, uh, Forbes put it this way. Forbes said, these guys don't kill each other, basically. They try to sue each other into oblivion, right? So it would be quite an escalation. You know, uh, we don't we don't read about battle royales between high muckety-mucks of pharmaceutical industries, you know, like sneaking into each other's houses and committing heinous acts of murder. No, that, again, that seems like more cartel 
kind of stuff. But the more we read about this stuff, you know, and the more documentaries and, and exposés we, re- we read, the more we realize there's not that big of a gap between the way the cartels do business and the way these big pharmaceutical companies do business. Yeah, in the past, you know, legal pharmaceutical companies had absolutely no problem with killing normals. I mean, I don't know what they call what they call folks, but, you know, something like normal. I mean, they might not be firebombing their houses, but they're certainly allowing them to become addicted to drugs that are deceptively labeled, you know, as non-addictive or whatever it mm. might be. And the Sackler family got away. Yeah, and they did and they didn't, right? I mean, the humans did. The company basically got a slap on the wrist in terms of what their actual worth is. But I think they're kind of defunct now, right? I mean, it did. Did it not? Are they still a thing? Are they still a going concern? Because this is the kind of thing that you'd think would totally hobble, uh, bankrupt uh, a business. But I'm, I can't remember where it landed. I don't know. I can look it up. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the main thing that I remember about that case is that the Sackler family had no criminal consequences, you know, which was part of their deal they basically made. And they did openly make a deal with the U.S. government. Hold up there. Let's take a quick break uh, on that note and hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump right back in. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. 
Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we've returned. Still, there's another piece. Regardless of where you fall on the argument about name brand or generic drugs, right? And and price fixing in the world of, of, of drugs, like insulin, for instance, is just a crying shame. Um, you have to be coldly logical and look at the other problem. If this was motivated by longtime business rivals, people who got burned, the folks who were his enemies had been his enemies for years. So we have to ask about the timing. Why now? What popped? What triggered it? Right. Um, we know that he had some financial concerns. There have been some layoffs at Apotex. Right. Uh, that that kind of paves the way for some things. Uh, but in, unless there is an intervening variable or new information, there's not there's not a way to tell on this angle. Right. Like I, I uh, where where are the breadcrumbs? I I don't know, man. I don't know why I'm asking. I'm I'm asking. I'm like shrugging at Matt as though. <laughs> so you go. Great question. Let me send you this uh, PDF. Well, oh, how about this? What if it is a, in a sense, a business rival, but it's in the family. So, like, remember at the top we were talking about how family members got burned when uh, was it Uncle? No, when his uncle. What uh gave Empire Pharmaceutical to him, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh and you can see how if you're that guy's kid, that's a real kick in the pants. You know, that's a tremendously unpleasant feeling on a professional and personal level, right? I like your cousin more than I like you, my child. Uh it's yeah, it's it's I appreciate that point because this Murder does feel not just professional, not just sophisticated and premeditated. It feels very personal. Please hear the italics when we say that. Personal. Uh, and we should talk about the family. Like, let's let's get this out of the way. If you're at all familiar with this case, um, first off, if you haven't read Kevin Donovan's book, uh, the, I, I would say that is probably the best collected source of this information because the guy has been there uh, since pretty much day one, right? And he's talked to a person we're going to introduce now. In the court of public opinion and amateur sleuths, there is one, there is a number one suspect. It is the son of Barry Sherman. His name is Jonathan Sherman. Yeah, when we go through this, uh, Noel, I know you're a big fan of Succession. I think oh, you yeah. might so see succession. some things. Yeah, here. yeah, it's oh, very I'm sure. And can I ask too? I mean, these four Sherman kids, these are all grown, right? They're all out yes. of the house. Mm-hmm. So these sculptures would have been a thing that like haunted their childhood a little bit, right? I mean, they really didn't like them. Yeah, because really. these were created in the 70s. So um, the, I'm just saying, like, that adds a little bit of a personal touch to it if you, if you, if you want to go down this road, you know? Mm hmm. And I like what you're pointing out about secession because this is this is very much you know the the conflict is Shakespearean almost in the in the uh, dramatic stakes. So at the time of Barry Sherman's death, he and his son are not getting along. He had actually tried to uh, get his three sisters to enter into what you could call a conspiracy. 
within the family to have their father declared incompetent and to have him removed from running Apotex. Oh, Apotex, see? Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I haven't watched the session, but that feels like that's clearly a plot thread, right? Don't you think, yeah. Noel? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's even a thing at some point in the show called like a like a hostile takeover, essentially. That one of the kids, you know, leagues up with this other kind of venture capital, you know, childhood friend of his, and does this hostile takeover. And then at some point, um, the the lead character, the the kind of the patriarch or whatever, he does start showing some signs of dementia or or you know uh, mental decline, and the kids, you know, look at that like sharks look at a bucket of chum. Mm, I see. Spotting weaknesses. Yeah. So this so, is Jonathan yeah. Sherman we're talking about, just to be very Jonathan clear. Sherman. Yes. Jonathan Sherman uh is in the family business, right? And they're looking they're working as investors. They've got business ideas, concepts, and he and his father often go back and forth, right? About business opportunities, about decisions at the company, uh, and they can have these what corporate America would call healthy conversations, <laughs> AKA arguments about how the family fortune should be spent, should be directed, should be invested, should be grown. So about two years after the murders, right? Remember it's 2017, right? About two years after, uh, Jonathan fires a long time employee of Apotex, a guy named Jack K. Jack K helped Barry Sherman build the company pretty much from the ground up, right? He's an A1 since day one, uh, and they work together over the course of 35 years. There's a character like that in succession. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, really, like, this is, you're not wrong, Matt. This is, uh, I wonder if there was a little bit of inspiration pulled from this. And it does seem like kind of the way George R. R. Martin took some little snippets from historical stuff to make the Game of Thrones uh, series. I feel like uh, the creators of Succession might have pulled some Murdoch here and a little bit of, you know, Trump family there and some of this. Oh, yeah. Or it's, uh, you know, the other side is it might just be a distressingly common. Yeah, trope. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But, but okay, so. To some people hearing it, this is just business. And you can say, hey, maybe it's not a very touchy-feely, warm and fuzzy thing, but this guy is now the helm of the company. Maybe he wants to start kind of a new regime. Maybe he wants to close the door on the past, open a new chapter, whatever buzzwords people use during layoffs. Uh, but if you're more conspiratorial, you might say this feels a lot like covering your tracks. Somehow, although I feel like if you think that guy's a liability, you want to keep him closer and under surveillance, right? You fire him, you take away the company that he's been building for almost 40 years, then all of a sudden he has a lot of free time to focus on revenge. You well, you're know? giving him an axe to grind, you know, and it didn't have to be that way. He could have kept him closer, mm -hmm. you know, like they say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And all that. This doesn't seem to fit with that. This sounds more just like internal infighting, or maybe he was more in his dad's corner and he needed his own man, you know, and he, he couldn't have that uh, uh, kind of poisoning his whole new regime. Oh, yeah? Wait till you hear about the loan. <laughs> the loan! Yes. So there are some sharks in this story after all. Yes, sketchy, of, of sketchy loan loans. variety. <laughs> yes, sketchy loans brought to you by IGU. Uh, yes. Uh, 
You guys ever taken a loan out with your family? <laughs> I took one out for just a little bit for some house repairs with my family. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's a little different than this situation. <laughs> Wait, like you, you like, okay. Uh, like all in the family kind of loan or like, uh, yeah. Like, like my dad gave me some money to help me pay for a thing. And then I paid him back. And you paid him back. A little okay. different than this. <laughs> to quote our boss, Connell Byrne in the movie, the vault, there's nothing scarier Dude, than a bad that, loan. <laughs> I, only, I think it's only thing that scares me is bad loan. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, that is still my favorite line of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's weird that our boss has made so many movies. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. I think it's still on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> and, and do check out, um, gosh, yeah, he had a couple on Netflix for a while. Was it William actually. Zero was the other one? Yeah, like, yeah. It's guy Dan Bush, who we do a lot of podcast stuff with, but he's sort of this local luminary kind of uh, indie director guy who Connell has always been really tight oh, with. Yeah. And he's been a few. He's been in a few of his uh pictures and they do some great stuff and also um both of them in my opinion are very talented writers mm-hmm. uh so yeah our boss is cooler than us that's it's the stuff we don't want you to know but let's be honest in the spirit of the show uh loans yes loans despite the idea that you, you know you'll hear people say never never mix family and money if you can avoid it or mix family and business right but um this is not the friendly uncle helping you out. This is not like, you know, your mom getting you through a, a rough month or something like that or asking, you know, a sibling for help. Right before Barry Sherman and his spouse, Honey Sherman, are murdered, Barry is demanding that his son, Jonathan, repay a loan that was estimated to be somewhere between 50 to $60 million dollars. Repairing a roof, this is not, you know? Nope. No. Um, That's exactly what it was for, Ben. How did you know that? You (laughs) son of a gun. all the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, over the years, it looks like Barry had given at least $125 million, um, even more, to his son and his son's business partner, uh, Adam Paulin, in the form of interest-free loans. Very nice. nine, Nine times out of ten. You're getting a loan from your pops, you know, or a grandpapa. They're Unless not charging your dad's you juice. Paul Getty, a hundred percent. In yeah. which case, he's charging you the the vig. Uh, but you know, typically, but you know, you're not. We're not talking about this kind of scale. That's insane. And and to 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 cut the bank out of this, that's almost. It almost seems sketchy. Well, no, it does seem sketchy, right? It is. It is sketchy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry, I went through a whole range of emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're one of two murder victims, and you recently demanded that your son repay you fifty million dollars. I don't know if that's Canadian or U.S., but still, fifty million. Uh, yeah. So I believe I believe those are U.S. dollars, but okay. still. Either way, at that level, it's an amount of money that the vast majority of people in the world simply do not possess and probably will never touch. But uh, this this idea uh, is talked about. Again, we want to go straight to sources, right? This idea is talked about by Jonathan Sherman himself in an interview with Kevin Donovan. And he puts it pretty bluntly. And uh, it might be, you know, I, I recommend folks, if you want to learn more, do check out the full transcript of that interview. Do uh, do read that interview because um, it will it will give you a lot to chew on. But anyway, uh, 
Jonathan Sherman addresses this directly, and he says, look, I'm not going to kill my dad because he needs $50 million to get through a crisis. Again, Apotex was, you know, uh, going through some travails. So in the aftermath of the murder, by the way, the other three sisters, they don't have a good relationship with their brother anymore. Uh, at least there's one sister named Alex, and her husband has gone on record saying he thinks Jonathan was somehow involved in the murder. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsors, and we'll return shortly. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. And in another example of how this Sherman family was a lot like the Knives Out family, uh, there's a sequel coming out right now. We are not sponsored by that movie. but Tomorrow. Uh, I think it hits the it's hits the Netflix tomorrow. I'm excited. It's supposed to be great. Oh, there you go. Um, there's another family member. This time it was Honey Sherman's sister, and she mentions that, or at least at one point she mentioned that she's no longer talking to Jonathan or the rest of the Shermans because uh, she was promised by her sister again, Honey Sherman, 
a little bit of a, I don't know, a loan of her own, or at least a here's some money gift for one a, reason or a another. Christmas bonus. Or know? even or even perhaps a, you know, uh, something in the will. She w- she says she was promised $300 million by her sister, and she's been unable to attain that money, even though this can't be found anywhere. You know, it's not been proven that this was ever promised uh, at all, like in a court of law. And in a human moment, think about this. Uh, for the majority of people, when a parent passes, it's a very, very terrible thing, right? It's traumatic. It's you're at one of the most vulnerable moments in your life. How do you feel when some relative comes to you, you know, and says, oh, also your parent told me that you were going to give me millions of dollars. Oh, you want to punch them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, it's bad. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not only are you, at, at, you know, emotionally vulnerable, oftentimes you're having to deal with lots of other financial stuff directly related oh, to yeah. the passing. And, you know, God forbid you didn't have, so, you know, of course, with this level of wealth, there would have been likely a trust or paperwork in place. But even with that. You know, and if there's squabbling siblings involved and, and, and you're coming from this uh, this legacy of litigiousness, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, everyone would have just been at that like raw nerves all around, you know. Mm-hmm. And this so this shows us that there's a lot of dissent and tension within the family structure itself in the case of the, the Sherman. So Jonathan Sherman maintains that he was not involved in the murders in any shape, form, or fashion. And again, just to exercise empathy, imagine how just horrid that is for your parents to have passed in such a a, a terrible way. And then the nation of Canada to keep telling you that you did it. You know, this would have been like tabloid fodder, right? I mean, this would have been the kind of stuff that's like nasty, quote unquote, journalists, like, digging through your trash and like hiding out in your yard. You know, that that would have been the level of scandal that this would have been, you know, for this person. Jonathan makes a really great point though, because he's actually spoken publicly about it a couple times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He does. Uh, he, he says, you know, that he believes someone, he believes it was a hired hand. He does think it was a professional hit. He thinks someone else and he doesn't know who has paid a professional to commit these murders. And then he also said, look, uh, I know that when I was initially asked to talk about this publicly, I know the fact that I refused to go on record might seem suspicious. And I get that the loan stuff seems weird. But then he he says this quote, I think you're referring to Mm -hmm. right now. Oh, yeah. He says, anytime you get involved with a billionaire, Things always turn a little suspicious. Great point. <laughs> no question. No question. I mean, money being the root of all evil or whatever, like the way it makes people do crazy things out of character, maybe even. But also this seems pretty in character for a lot of these jabronis. Well, I mean, think, these, think, these, about, yeah. think about the mindset. But Jonathan's earlier quote. I'm not going to kill my dad over $50 million. Yeah, like, I was wow. almost, like, I was almost I mean? taken aback by that quote because I was like, wait, what is he getting at there? Like, like that's it's just chump 50 change? Million. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what that it is sounds like. It's a banana, Michael. How much could it cost? <laughs> How much could it cost? Yeah. Uh, no, I was actually thrown by that a little bit because I'm like, is this supposed to be a sympathetic thing that he's saying? Is he trying to relate to me? Like, <laughs> it's a, this quite, suit costs. Yeah. Three thousand yeah. dollars. Thank you. Come Thank on. You for come on. Yeah. Come on. 
Wow. Yeah, but I mean, true. yeah, you're raising a good point. And I, I did miss that one. I got to work on my empathy. But yeah, he also says, I don't know who anyone who can plan a murder in three weeks, but I can tell you I was not involved. <laughs> did you need to put the first part of that? I don't personally. I probably know a guy who knows a guy, but I don't know him. He's like four weeks minimum. You know what I mean? You need a toe? I can get you a toe. I got a guy who can get you with, with right. or without fingernail polish. What do you, you know? It's from the Big Lebowski. It's from Big Lebowski. You need a toe? I thought you meant T-O-W. Or like in Always Sunny where they're like, you need a baby? Yeah, we can get you a baby. Do you want him for like the afternoon or for like forever? Uh, But yeah, I, and you know, we have to be, we have to be careful, of course, because this guy is probably speaking extemporaneously. He's probably speaking about something that is very much troubling, you know, and rightly so. Uh, So we don't want to spin it out too much. Yeah. Reasonably. There we go. Assume, let's assume that he's completely guilty, but also just kind of this guy. He can't stop being this guy, right? Right. But he's also just like, how dare you, you know? And so he's coming off a little bit abr- abrasive and aggressive because he's being attacked. You know, by you, everyone. Did you say he's guilty or innocent? No, no. I said he's guilty of being this guy. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. kind of an asshole. Got it. You know, and also, but but he's not necessarily guilty of being a a, a, a parent murderer. There you, you know? go. Right. I guess what we're saying is like, look, you don't have to get along with him, but just because you might not like his vibe doesn't mean he's committed patricide, right? Matricide. Uh, and that's the thing that plays in into uh, Knives Out really well. And a lot of these kind of like drawing room murders where you've got these characters who are patently unlikable. Um, and it kind of guides you to think, oh, that guy's such a he, – he definitely did it. But then it's usually not that guy, you know, in the in the stories. It's who's going to benefit. Right. Yeah. And if you're, if you're innocent too, and if you truly uh, – you truly know that you are innocent, then you don't have to waste as much time on diplomacy. You know what I mean? That's what Knives Out teaches you. You don't have it's to be very good point. if you didn't it's do it. It's a very good point. Yeah. No, it's true. I got nothing to hide. I'm just going to be balls out, you know, and like, <laughs> Knives Balls Out. That could be a, a, a parody a sequel or a porn version, perhaps. I did. Uh, I, I, my old sketch show crew, uh, we used to have a series, an annual series of live sketch shows that for some reason we decided to call Balls Out. And it was like a great idea till we got to number three or four. And then we're like, guys, I never thought this moment would come. But we might be scraping the bottom of the barrel of balls jokes. All right, let's pitch. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so now, okay, so we've got that. And there's a lot more to say. We'll, we'll leave Jonathan Sherman there for a moment. And we want to explore some of the crazier stuff. Right now, again, if you ask the average person who doesn't believe the official narrative or if they have a theory, they will probably say that Jonathan Sherman is involved somehow. That's what they think is the most likely thing. But that's not the only thing out there. We're getting deeper into rabbit hole territory. We said the family, you know, staunch supporters of Israel, um, very prominent a uh, very prominent philanthropist in the Jewish community and charities in particular. Uh, there ha- there's been speculation that's kind of unfounded, well, that is unfounded, not kind of, that an enem- there was an enemy of this activity. Or they rubbed someone the wrong way. Like politically? Like, like, uh, like who are not in support of Israel? Like, like Right. So, That's yeah, the okay. idea. Okay. But, but so, yeah. I, there's not a lot of naming of specifics is the problem. 
You know what I mean? There's there's no one saying Hamas did it or something like that. They're just saying, well, they were tied to this and, you know. And, I, and you know, and that level of money, you know, both talks and walks. So you could consider them part of the problem. If you were really op- opposed to the cause that they were supporting, you might consider them truly an enemy because their money is doing things that are directly antithetical to everything that you stand for, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just perhaps. And it's and- a symbolic act, perhaps, at that point, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm just jumping down that rabbit hole. You know, there's a lot of speculation running wild on this one. Yeah. And if it was terrorist activity, though, um, there there would likely be someone taking public responsibility. Right. Like I was saying earlier, like this vague posing serial killer tableau, while creepy, not really a calling card of a particular group that we're aware of, you know? Yeah, no, this is a a one-off for a very specific audience, right? We just don't know who that audience is, really. Someone's twisting the knife, but, you know, who are they twisting it at? So there's even more to this story. As we mentioned, Barry Sherman, not just a high-level pharmaceutical exec. He could make the money dance. He had a lot of other associated businesses. I was reading that one of the um, last court cases was involved in before before, – before the Shermans passed away, was about a trivia app for phones. You know, that sounds fun. I Wait guess. Wait a minute, don't they have those already? Stop. What, what's the, where's the twist? You know, maybe he was VC, like venture capital and something, uh, day one investor, and then things got ugly or went sideways. But he had a lot of stuff. He also being very, you know, financially literate, had schemes to avoid taxes. Right. When you're a billionaire, you barely even need schemes these days if you're a billionaire to avoid paying taxes. I think there's been much ink spilled on that subject in the in the press. You yeah, know? just buy the right politicians. You know what I mean? Tax law is boring. A lot of people don't pay attention to it. And that is by design. So the, uh, this so he like I read that he had um, he had things where he had like a scheme to get away with some tax tax dodgy or tax shelter stuff by by getting messing with high-end yachts i I don't know i feel like billionaires just sort of have yachts anyway kind of like gi joe's just come with a backpack but uh but no apparently that was something he was working on uh and he had a bunch of other things with apotex as well so that's why you'll find speculation that maybe he started messing with the wrong side of powerful finance, organized crime, mafia, triads, kind of folks who don't take their disagreements to court. Mm -mm. Texas T. No, Texas (laughs) Toast. I was falling into it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's like that, that is a fascinating thing. Um, And you could say that after a certain threshold of wealth, you do inevitably end up touching on criminal enterprise in one way or another, you know? Even if it's not you directly. Right. The, the types of opportunities that are really the money makers, you know, sometimes the, the tentacles uh, extend into illegitimate operations. And when you're rich enough, uh, you pay other people to worry about that kind of stuff. So you're not even turning a blind eye. You're just kind of blissfully unaware sometimes or completely aware and like into it. Right. And at this point, folks, you might be asking, why why did you guys make uh, a two-part episode on a five-year-old unsolved murder? 
First, because it's fun it. to talk it's, about. Well, I've never heard of it. And I, you guys, I, I disappeared for a second because I had a, a washing machine um, delivered, and the washing machine guy overheard kind of the tail end we were talking about. And he asked about the case, and uh, he was like, "This is the kind of thing they make like Netflix specials about." And I'm like, "I bet there is some low rent special or 2020 or something like that about this, but they certainly haven't given it the royal treatment yet." And it, I feel like it, uh, it is deserving of that, even if it's like inspiration fictionalized in some way but uh it's it's wild ride yeah and it's still it's still an ongoing ride honestly you know um two people were taken from the world before their time and again you don't have to personally know someone you don't have to get along with them to realize how unjust that is right and there's another piece of scuttlebutter conspiracy that I was reading that I think we absolutely should talk about here the tip line the private agency, the tip line. There is another story, and I owe this to Unresolved Mysteries on Reddit, which is a great, great read, right? Um, and very supportive community. One person points out, in regards to a privately financed tip line, the story of an L.A. club owner named Brett Cantor. Uh, he was murdered in his home in 1993. The case remains unsolved. His family set up their own tip line and a reward, just like the Shermans. The Shermans set up uh, their own PI team. Uh, they put out a $10 million reward for anything resulting in a conviction. Uh, and then they also had a tip line. Uh, and the thing with the Cantor case is it appears the family had everything about the tip line made, made to seem as though LAPD was running it, but it was totally private, and they would just decide what tips they wanted to give to LAPD after receiving them from people who most likely thought they were already calling the cops, right? Did they and have so something the, to hide? That's the question. Is the tip line a filter for control of information? Mm. Now that's, you know, that's still, that's just scuttlebutt. And, and no one's saying that about the Sherman family, but I never thought about what a evil and brilliant tactic that would be you know call the call the tip line so that we can decide what you get to say to the police oh man i I don't know if there's an equivalent in fiction for this but what if you what if you were involved in a scheme like this and then you personally put out a massive reward to find the killer right knowing that you would never pay that reward because you would be able to manage the information, right? And then also you're putting yourself, um, you're, you're moving counterintuitively, right? You're saying, I, I want to solve this as much as everybody yeah. else, you know? Ugh. And that's, I mean, that's, that is the stuff of fiction, right? Mm -hmm. and, and noir, crime. Uh, and we're not saying, I, I, I'm yeah, just we're bringing not it up saying because that. We're not saying that. I, I'm just bringing it up because it's such a fascinating it's a thing that could really work. That's what bothers me. It could actually work in the real world. Um, but speaking of, you know, rewards, recent developments, they had the $10 million reward for an arrest re or a tip leading to an arrest that leads to a conviction in court because they want justice, rightly so. In December of 2022, very recently, Jonathan Sherman announced that he was personally adding $25 million more dollars to that original rewards. Now it is $35 million for a tip that results in a conviction. Wow. 
And I mean, you got, mm. and then it gets weirder. Hold on. So he took half the money that he owed his dad and put it towards trying to help solve the murder of his dad. He also already had other millions. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's another weird thing that, that we found that this is a recent development. The Toronto police, you know, they haven't closed the case. They expanded their investigation again quite recently, and they're seeking more information in five other different countries, not counties, not adjacent counties, countries. Oh, Lord. So does that mean that they suspect a hitman who traveled from abroad? Are they looking at where the siblings were in the world when these murders occurred? Are they requesting banking information? What are they after? I want to see the special or the series or whatever it's going to become. I, I do too. I'm, I'm really shocked that it's not out there, at least uh, one that we you know are, are aware of. Let's get Jason English on this. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I believe CBS has done a piece on this. But again, the more stuff is continuing to come out. Uh, we do have a quote from Detective Constable Dennis Yim. Why I am. Hats off to you, sir. The sole detective still working full time on this probe. And in court, you said the bulk of the investigation so far has been in Canada, but it's taken on a bit of an international flair. And it is, uh, I don't know, it makes you wonder, right? Like, how, how would you string out the proxies? How would you communicate? Why would you send somebody from abroad to do a job, right? Knowing they'd have to get in and out of customs or however they transport. Just need one of those Chinese police stations. I mean, uh, Ooh, service station, uh, service station, the way about service stations, folks. Uh, so the, um, I don't know. Do you guys find any of these theories solid or did none of them quite explain it? Hey, where, where are we at? You know, I'm, I, I've still got to process this, honestly. Um, the money stuff really does make it unlikely the son did it, but there are so many personal touches that make me think the son did do it or some other family member did it. Um, the rivalry thing is interesting, but again, I don't see a calling card or, or maybe it was to throw the cops off the scent to do it weird. Like they did it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question too. That's a good point. It definitely doesn't look like a crime of passion, which you may associate with a a family member, you know, murdering their mom and dad, right? Just you, I wonder if that's purposeful. Yeah. And it also doesn't seem like it would be, um, I don't know, like the idea of a, um, a rival in a legitimate business space, like pharmaceutical industry, that, that's still, that doesn't equate either. You know, because they usually will fight in the court of law these days. Um, I think what if it's just the person that they that Honey borrowed the uh, the statues the statues from, from? Oh, and wow. just was so mad about it because she had to let Honey borrow it, as you said, oh, because geez. of social standing. <laughs> oh gosh, I mean, I'm, just, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Right, right. But still, what that tells me is we don't want to hang out with that crowd. You know what I mean? If things escalate to that level, you know. Dude, did you guys finish the second season of the HBO show? Oh, gosh. It's The White Lotus. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I haven't finished it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, no spoilers. The least likely scenario for where the bodies came from ended up kind of being the thing in that one. 
I was going to talk oh, about that cool. whole scenario. Okay, I'll just read the wiki. Thanks, guys. No, no, no that's no, not really no. a spoiler at all. <laughs> no spoilers. It, it's just, you know, that really isn't a spoiler. I'm just saying it's like, and that's usually how it is in those shows. It's sort of a, a, a format where, you know, usually the person, it, it can be a combination perhaps of an orchestrated something and then something goes wrong and then things have to be kind of corrected at the last minute and improvised, you know? There's all, all kinds of combination elements that could be at play here. Right, right. Um, but, you know, there's also the idea that maybe this was meant to be a robbery or an intimidation of some sort, and it went wrong, but nothing was taken. The house is demolished now, by the way. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing is, we can go back and forth on this for hours and hours, and, and I, I would love to make a, a limited series kind of deep dive on this. We will call Jason, but the, uh, there's one thing for sure. And this is what should really haunt you folks. Someone out there right now in all likelihood knows exactly what happened and they are currently doing their best to make sure no one else learns the truth, which is terrifying. Hey, so what do you think? Why don't you get <laughs> right. in contact with us? Happy New Year. Have a great holiday. 2023. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, the family asked you to contact Toronto Police Service at Sherman Tips, all one word, at torontopolice.on.ca. Uh, and you can also, of course, let us know. We'd be really interested to hear your take on this, your thoughts, angles that you wish were covered in more detail. Um, we've given some of the, the most prominent theories, but by no means all of the theories. Uh, and this is, this is a very deep rabbit hole folks. Um, and we cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah. You can find us in a myriad of ways. One of which includes uh, several internet methods of getting in touch with us. Uh, we are conspiracy stuff on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Facebook, where we have a uh, conspiracy stuff group called Here's Where It Gets Crazy. Check that out. You can also get to us on Instagram at Conspiracy Stuff Show. Don't forget TikTok. Oh, yeah. What's that one? What's that handle? Conspiracy Stuff? Do we even know? We're not TikTokers. I don't know. Just don't, I would forget. Just say, it don't forget TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> just don't forget. Never forget. Never forget TikTok. I think it's Conspiracy Stuff Show on TikTok. I'm pretty sure. Um, hey, we also have a phone number, one eight three three stdwytk When you call in, please, please leave a message. You've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool nickname. We don't care what it is. Let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. And really, those are the only rules. Except the one that states, if you don't like using your phone to make phone calls, why not instead use it to send us an email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.